Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Adam Cross, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California. I'm also a director of ministry at my local parish. Um, and today I have great privilege to be with uh, Father Tim Grumbach, who is the chaplain at Bishop Alamini High School. And um, he has been a priest for almost five years. Um, same year my wife and I got married, he was at our wedding and uh, it was awesome to have him. Uh, but anything else, any other introductions? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of tell you a little bit about my ministry here is that I, I've been the chaplain here at Alamany since uh, since July. So I'm about a half a year in. And I finished my first year, uh, my first four years of assignments at St. Augustine's in Culver City uh, here in Los Angeles. And uh, uh, the archbishop was was kind enough and uh, and bold enough to put me as a full-time chaplain here at Alamany. And uh, you know, not many people know who Bishop Alamany is. He was actually the, the first bishop of San Francisco. And he was a, a bishop of the Monterey Diocese before it started splitting up here in California. He came to California in 1850, uh, right in the heart of the gold rush. And he was a Dominican missionary preacher in Spain. And when the Pope said, we're going to send you to California to be a bishop, he said no. And uh, so, he, so Pope Pius IX called him in and said, uh, where everyone's going to find gold, you must bring the cross. And so he came here to California and, uh, and we're named after him. And so I, I like to offer that to our students who uh, we've got a lot of tremendously successful athletes and, and students and academics and, and music and performing arts. And I like to say, we've got a, a lot of great signs of excellence as a Catholic community, but uh, let's look at the cross. And that's, uh, that's my mission here is to keep pointing to the cross. And uh, it's been joyful so far. And uh, they've got me in charge of retreats. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're right in the heart of retreat uh, season uh, for the spring right now. And uh, so it's uh, my joy to be uh, invited on to, to chat with you. Awesome. And thanks for that, that history. Because, yeah. I mean, I've grown up in the area and I've never really asked who is yeah. Bishop Alamany. So yeah. <laughs> that's good to know. Wow. Yeah. And that's a really cool approach to looking for the cross amidst all the other activities that happen in a school you know all the good mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. and then looking for jesus too so yeah that's awesome yeah. okay and i was i was trying to remember i think i think i've known you for almost 10 years i don't know exactly gotcha. when but it was catholic central and that was probably like oh that's two, right 2011 2012 which yeah. is uh, it, yeah yeah it's a long time ago. So. <laughs> yeah, I remember you know bouncing bouncing over the hill down to uh, St. Jude's, I think it was, and yeah. uh, and for the first Catholic Central with a buddy of mine, Dan Rogers, who uh, I oh, gosh, he's yeah. he's in Denver now doing stuff. I I don't want to get it wrong. I think he's working with the Augustine Augustine Institute now, okay. um, and he's he, yeah. he's married and, and has at least one kid, and so it's just yeah. amazing the different journeys that we've all been on in in those ten years or so. Uh, yeah, but it's been a great great time of friendship and ministry together. Yeah. 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 10 years went by quick. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but today we're going to talk a little bit about um, confession and anxiety, maybe going to confession and confession and then scrupulosity a little bit. And uh, this is always a really big topic for, for I think a lot of people on uh, that, that subscribe to my channel, but also a lot of my clients and a lot of people come to me uh, with questions about scrupulosity and um, and as Catholics, I think it can be really concerning whether we're in a state of mortal sin or not mm -hmm. at times. And like, what does that mean? Um, so, you know, I, I tried to come up with questions that people have given me in the past 
and mm-hmm. said, you know, okay, if you could ask a priest, what would you want to ask? And they always have questions. And so I know I'm missing some, <laughs> but I have a few um, today. So and we, if we can probably dive into it, um, you know, I think the biggest question I get from people who are really anxious about like making a good confession, if they're struggling with scrupulosity is, does God forgive sins if we forget them in confession? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the church is very clear about this is that God does forgive the sins that we've forgotten in the sacrament of confession. And a part of the reason for that is, you know, at least in the catechism, when it talks specifically about the sacrament of baptism and those who might die without having been baptized, you know, with the, the Trinitarian formula, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with water, but they desired it, or they, or they had something in their heart that was tending them towards God, if they, didn't die, if they died without baptism, that God would still be able to work something in their souls to save them. And it uses the language of, we are bound by the sacraments, but God is not. And so God can, in some mysterious way, still bring about the effects of the sacraments, even if we don't experience them in the ordinary way that God means to uh, pour his grace into our lives through the church. And so that can be applied to the sacrament of confession, is that if we've forgotten something that we wanted to uh, to confess, not pretending to forget. So we didn't have to you know, say yeah. something that was difficult for us to say, but honestly forgot it. And then we walk away from the sacrament and say, oh, I, I forgot. And now, now that confession didn't count. No, we believe that confession counted and that mm-hmm. God forgave those sins that we'd forgotten. But the church still asks us at the next opportunity that we have to go to confession, that we do confess those things. Uh, you know, it does us a lot of good. I mean, that's for our good is so that it's not a matter of like thinking God didn't forgive us because we forgot, but it's a matter of knowing that we can still let go of that and, and, you know, the courage and the humility it takes to still say it out loud. Um, so please trust that if you've honestly forgot something in confession, that God has still uh, forgiven it through the absolution you received at that confession. Yeah. And I think that's even reassuring for me to hear, you know, that like God gives us the sacraments, these gifts, um, and they are really the means of like our salvation and sanctification, but, but like God's mercy is still working, even if we're imperfectly, you know, uh, exercising these gifts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so. like you say that, you know, the sacraments are something God gives to us for our sanctification, but they're also an act of worship and mm-hmm. those things are tied together. You know? It's, it's yeah. vertical in, in that it's an act of worship, but it's also horizontal in that it's an act of sanctification. So that it's, you know, there you go. It's, uh, it's the cross. <laughs> you know, yeah. Every, every sacrament flows from the cross and, uh, and we, we can trust that, you know, even if the minister is imperfect, that's a big thing too. And that goes all the way back to St. Augustine and before is that even if the, the minister is imperfect and has his own faults, that God can still work through him and still brings about the fruits of the sacrament. Uh, mm-hmm. as long as we're open to those, uh, you know, with an open heart, you know, the disposition to receive. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really important too. Um, this this wasn't on my list, but I, it kind of came to my mind right now. Is that sure. I've I've heard different people, theologians, priests talk about it. The difference between like forgiveness and reconciliation. That if you oh, yeah. if you have committed a mortal sin, um, can you ask for forgiveness right then and there? How does that apply, and how is that different from maybe going to reconciliation? Yeah, I, I think we can look at our normal human relationships to see there is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation and they are different uh for forgiveness is i I like to say forgiveness is something that happens on one on one side 
you know, somebody hurts me and I forgive them. That's something that's happening in my heart. Um, but reconciliation is something that requires this mutual coming back together. Uh, I, I don't know if the etymology is perfect, if it, if it is exactly this, but I've heard it described this way before is reconciliation, you have re, so it's something that happens again. Con uh, uh, is like with, or, or kind of a closeness to, and ciliation, somebody has said that it's related to the word for our eyelashes, the cilia. And so you become eyelash to eyelash again, and you see each other eye to eye again. But that it's something that requires both people, both parties. Uh, you know, forgiveness, you know, that person could not receive it. They could refuse to receive my forgiveness, but it's something that needs to happen in my own heart. But reconciliation is something that happens in both of our hearts. But what's really difficult is that you can't force reconciliation on someone. They have to be ready to receive it. And that's, a, that's hard work. And that's really hard for us because we can't do it. It's something that has to happen in them. We can only do what we can do in the act of forgiveness. And then if they're ready to receive it and then ask forgiveness themselves, then reconciliation can happen. Now, when we're talking about God, you know, in all things, to revelation, God always takes the first step. And anything we do, our first step is always a response to God's love, God's reaching out to us. So that if we've done something wrong and we, we find ourselves in a state of mortal sin, we, yeah, absolutely, immediately run to the Father, fall into the Father's arms, ask forgiveness. Uh, that's the first step. But that's because the Father has been, is the one reaching out for us. You know, I know all too well the feeling of having done something that I knew was me turning away from God. And, and saying, I, I've done this, but I, I want to fall in your arms, Father. I, you know, I'll get to confession as quickly as I can, but I trust in your mercy and that I have, that yes, I've fallen, but I've fallen into your arms. And that's really, I think that, that takes a lifetime of perfecting that, that contrition in our hearts. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, I, one of the ways I like to think about it is, especially since you know, I, I do a ton of surfing and mountain biking and all these things that are dangerous, you know, my mom does not like my hobbies <laughs> um, and, and I've fallen and I've hurt. I've gotten, you know, really badly hurt sometimes. You know, I've, I've, I've broken my collarbone pretty seriously. I've, I've taken my surfboard to my face and got stitches a few times. And, you know, so, so I like to say that my first, the first and most important lesson for things like that is to learn how to fall. Everyone's like, mm -hmm. but isn't the first thing you want to learn, like how to stand up on the board and, you know, how to, you know, how to pedal your bike and whatnot. Like, mm -hmm. no, you got to learn how to fall because if you don't know how to fall, you're going to fall in the water and falling on water can be like falling on concrete and it'll knock your breath out and you need your breath. And if you're biking and you're by yourself, you, you know, you do what you can to learn how to fall correctly so you can get back on the bike. So it's a really important lesson for the spiritual life is that if we've done something and we can't get to the sacrament of confession right away, uh, we've got to learn how to get back up. And that's only going to happen if we learn how to fall, not that falling is good, but if we learn how to fall into the father's arms, then we'll know that, okay, it's not, you know, it's not a matter of like, I'm going to do whatever I want and then just go to confession. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's presuming God's mercy. Although, mm -hmm. you know what? Sometimes I think, you know, is that really going to stop God from forgiving us and moving our hearts? Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, that might be on our, our end of things of like being mm -hmm. so hardened of like, you know, treating confession like merely a safety net. Mm -hmm. I like to think, I think, like to think, you know, maybe God does, not mind treating it like a safety net, but he doesn't want to leave it at that. Yeah. He wants to have it as something that keeps us up on the tightrope. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So coming back to, uh, you know, forgiveness and reconciliation is that, yeah, we, we can, we can reach out for that forgiveness at the moment of our sin, but God doesn't want the, uh, 
want that experience to end there. He, God wants the reconciliation. And that's why he's given us the church and the minister and the ability to uh, hear those words of absolution spoken when we go to confession. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, what you were saying, I was reminded of um, this book I've been reading um, called Searching for and Maintaining Peace. I have it here. Shameless plug. <laughs> it's not Father my Jacques. book. Father Jacques <laughs> Philippe. Um, but I loved it. And kind of what you were saying, he says, um, you know, the real spiritual battle is to accept falling occasionally and not to lose our peace of heart if we should happen to do so lamentably, not to become excessively sad regarding our own defeats and to know how to rebound from our falls to an even higher level. This is always possible, but on the condition that we not panic and that we continue to maintain our peace. Um, and I think going with that too, it's this idea that like God knows everything. And so he probably knows we're going to sin. <laughs> he, he does know. Mm. Right. And he's yeah. not like, oh, what you did that, yeah. you know, I mean, he knows. And so, yeah. but I think we can get so caught up in the shame and like the shock of like, I can't believe I did that. Oh my God, yeah. this is so terrible. And then, and then what father Jacques Philippe says is like, we turn inward instead of it being like an opportunity to like encounter God again, we get caught up like in our own pride of like, how could I do this? You know, how could I let God down? And it becomes like more about us. And I was like, wow, that's a really yeah. good point. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, yeah. I think he, he actually in that section or somewhere else in that book uh, describes that as the, the devil's own battleground is mm. the expectation of perfection here and now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, Jesus says, yeah, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. But I doubt he would have given us the sacrament of reconciliation if he expected us to be perfect now. Yeah. You know, there, there's a, you know, there's, there's a hope that we're tending towards perfection, but he gave us a sacrament of healing in confession and reconciliation, knowing that mm. we're going to need this. And uh, that's, it's really beautiful and humbling to realize, you know, I, yeah, I'm striving for perfection, but that's not where I'm at now. And that's mm. why God has gifted us the sacrament of reconciliation. And I worry that some people see it as this, uh, you know, either as a last resort or as a painful experience. But yeah. I, I honestly believe God has given it to us as a gift, knowing where mm -hmm. we're at better than we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, yeah. And, and it can be really scary, I think, going into it. Or we can think that it's something that we have to do or... Um, or it's a chore a lot of yeah. the time. Um, yeah. But I guess I'm curious, you know, from your side of it, um, and I guess this is generally speaking, because <laughs> confession like, uh, is, absolutely, yeah. is sealed, but like, are you able to pick up on like when people are really anxious or even scrupulous in the confessional? Like, is there, are there cues? Are there things that are, that make you go, ah, I think this is a struggle? Yeah. Um, some, sometimes people will just admit it and, and the, they'll, they'll mention scrupulosity, like I'm, I'm scrupulous father. And I'm like, okay, well, I, then I'm going to give you like a Hail Mary for confession, you know, or for, for penance, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, but just kind of invite them to know that the Lord will do amazing things with that Hail Mary if they mm -hmm. let him. And I know yeah. it's, you know, it's easy, much, always much easier said than done, but sometimes, you know, especially if I'm hearing confessions at like a confirmation retreat where, you know, a lot of the times, honestly, the kids haven't heard, had gone to confession since second grade and first communion, uh, or, you know, yeah. or if I'm here at school and we have confessions and it might be years since they've gone to confession. Uh, what I like to start off with is, you know, are you nervous? You know, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they say, yeah, I'm like, that's, that's okay. But you don't, you don't, mm -hmm. you don't need to be nervous. Uh, 
you know, this, this is one of my favorite things to say about confession. And I don't remember which priest I stole this from, but so it's not my own, but he said once that, you know, confession is the, uh, is the place where we go so that our desire to be, imp- it's where the desire to be impressive goes to die. And, and I think that that's what keeps a lot of people from a certain honesty, uh, especially if they know the priest. It's like, oh gosh, is he going to look at me differently? Is he going to you know, make all these decisions about me uh, you know, differently now that he knows this about me? And another wise priest said that, you know, when I don't see you for who you really are when you're naming your sins. I see you for who you really are when I offer you absolution. Know, when when we get rid of those sins that's, no, that's no. great whenever we hear someone say oh i'm only i'm only human father I've, I've sinned a ton i'm only human i'm like that's not what makes us human that's what makes us less human um but but i like to just invite people into a space in the sacrament um to say to admit if they're nervous but then just kind of create a, an atmosphere of like yeah this is tough i get it i know it's not easy to call to mind these things that have been on your heart and then to say them out loud either to yeah. someone that you know well uh, mm-hmm. a priest you know well or a priest you don't know at all it's tough um but uh but you know jesus knows better than we do how hard forgiveness is you know yeah uh, it's what he went to the cross for and so we're, we're in a space where you don't need to be impressive or unimpressive there's nothing you can say that will impress me or unimpress me <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know i can only you know i can only love you more because that's what god's doing and and just kind of try to create that space if somebody you know seems nervous and and, you know, as, as priests, we, we talk to a lot of people in a lot of different situations in their lives, married couples, uh, single people, whatever their, their state of life might be. And I, I, it's almost like something that kind of disappoints me. You know, it's not like I'm not angry, you know, mom, mom and dad, they're not angry. They're disappointed, <laughs> that, mm. that sort of thing. Um, but it kind of saddens me is when somebody is in the sacrament and it might come from a place of nervousness or anxiety. Um, but they won't be honest because they'll just say what they think I want to hear. Um, that happens in wedding prep. It happens in confession. And I just want to you know, reassure people. It's like, this is the space to be unimpressive. This is the space to let go of these things. You know, God has created the space for us as a gift. And uh, as always, I know it's, it's easier to say that than to actually do it and to actually be vulnerable like that. Uh, but that's this. That's the that's the invitation. When 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 someone seems to be holding back, uh, then you know I'd like to invite them a little bit. Okay, are you nervous? It's okay. You know that's real. Um, but you don't need to be nervous in this space because, you know, not only am I not allowed to uh, say anything about what I hear in here, uh, I do everything I can to forget what I've heard in here. I don't want to remember your sins. <laughs> so so that I hope that's helpful in you know. Uh, in, in the fear of kind of being nervous or anxious uh, heading into the sacrament. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And the part of it, like what you're saying is almost managing expectations. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't have to go in here and like <laughs> give my best self really. Like it's not a job interview. It's not, you know, I'm not trying to impress and it's a, yeah. it's a place to be vulnerable. Um, you know, and then I think like really take the pride to the cross, right? I mean, it's like Jesus was naked, like on the cross, you know, because of our sins and we go to confession and that's a place where what we consider our, you know, our deepest, darkest struggles and secrets and sins are then exposed. And so we're kind of sharing in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's, I mean, that's critical to know that. And I've heard that from so many priests that they like, 
will forget sins you know yeah. um yeah. that's that's amazing to me to hear that too yeah yeah and it, i i feel bad about it sometimes mm-hmm. because it's like somebody's just kind of you know bared their soul to you and then yeah. they come back to you you know a few months later um and it's like no it's not a matter like i didn't care and i wasn't listening mm-hmm. it was it's just sometimes you know those are the things i don't want to hold on to and i so i let them go we, we give them to jesus together and and just from a practical sense we hear so many confessions and mm-hmm. sometimes we hear the same thing over and over from different people that it's it's like you know sins are, aren't creative sins are boring yeah. uh love is creative right um, those are the things i want to remember so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and to hear too that like if if someone is nervous going into confession like that's okay and that's mm-hmm. that's pretty normal because this is hard this isn't something that's like i'm going to talk about my favorite movies it's like no yeah. this is what i'm struggling with so yeah and we're going to the cross so it is hard mm-hmm. um and it and it can make us nervous but to have that reassurance that it's not a place of judgment it's not a place you know where of shock and awe. like you, you yeah. know priests hear everything yeah. um <clears throat> you know so i think uh I think that's a really good reminder. And do you, do you find it helpful? Like if someone comes into confession and says like, Hey, just so you know, I'm struggling with scrupulosity. Like, is that helpful? It, it is helpful. It is helpful because it means that they've been doing that interior work and they can recognize that and admit them about, admit that about themselves. But it also yeah. helps me with a, with a certain gentleness towards them mm-hmm. that may make them uncomfortable. Uh, in the sense that they, they might want, uh, you know, they might want to do five rosaries for their penance, uh, which means I, I, you know, I'll give them Psalm 117, which is like two verses. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a, a quick flourish of praise to remind us that, uh, you know, to receive, receive God's forgiveness, we don't need to do anything, but our, our penances are, are a response to the mercy we've received. And, and yes, there, there is an element of, um, of restoring what we've done wrong and, uh, there, there is um, some satisfaction that can uh, that can be reached for in, in penance. So I'm not saying it's it's merely a uh, you know merely a, a, a token gesture towards God, uh, but sometimes you know the most fruitful penance is just an act of thanksgiving. And so when somebody brings that scrupulosity with them into the sacrament, I, I know, well you know, it, it's gonna it, it, this is a journey. It's not it's nothing I'm gonna solve with just a few words here right now. Um, but I, I, I do want to at least then invite them into a space where they, they know that they're loved and not judged, uh, you know, that their sins are judged, but they're not identified with their sin. Um, and then, and then just kind of, you know, sometimes it's people I'll never hear their confession again, never see them again. And sometimes it's people that I, I journey with regularly. Uh, but, but either way, it's just that, that, that constant, uh, you know, learning how to trust God's mercy. And, uh, and I, you know, I just want to say this too, it's like, I learned a lot about God's mercy when talking about somebody with scrupulosity as well, because I'll, I'll kind of see my own tendencies of not trusting. And I heard someone say that once is, you know, uh, it may sound harsh, but, but scrupulosity uh, can come from a place of not trusting in God's mercy uh, and, and just kind of inviting someone more deeply into God's mercy, acknowledging that God's judgment uh, is, is real. Um, but also just kind of a, a chance to reflect on what grace is. I, I think it was um, something that Flannery O'Connor said, or, you know, I'm not sure if this is an exact quote, but uh, it's something like, uh, you know, grace is never violent, but our rejection of it can't be. And, and, and so just kind of walk with somebody who's facing scrupulosity with that in mind, 
is that, you know, God wants to pour a lot of grace into your life. And maybe some of this fear is coming from a place of, you know, not being ready to receive the grace he does want to give you in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And in therapy, a lot of times I'll kind of walk with clients to unpack like God images too. So like Mm. that, that like rejection of God's mercy is, is like, can be paired with this idea that God will give us mercy, but there's a, there's conditions, right. Or that we have to earn it. And so that can turn people off and it's usually not conscious. They're not thinking like, Oh yeah, God's like my dad, you know, but when we dig into it, it's like, Oh, wow. Like so much of my human parents have influenced how I view God and how do I, how do I go to him with my problems or my sins, you know, my struggles and how vulnerable I am with them. And it's amazing to see like the expectations we put on God that also kind of keep us from, from running to him as like a loving father in those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like to say it as well is that our, the most important thought we'll have all day is, is our image of God, you know, because that's going to, that's going to shape, you know, how we Mm -hmm. treat, others how we treat ourselves uh mm. how we identify ourselves um but i if someone recently like took it a step further and it's like actually the most important thought all day is god's thought of you mm. and i'm like oh, that's that's yeah. right you know you know because again everything that we do sacramentally and in prayer and in charity is a response to the god who's already loved us mm. and if we understand that you know that image of god is a god who who always takes the first step in reaching out to us. That's going to change the way that we see God. That's going to change our image of God. So so the most important thought is God's thought about us. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that's another thing, like just this, you know, over these last couple of years, it's been so strange is that there was a time, uh, especially here in Los Angeles, where we were told not to schedule regular times of confession. You know, know, we didn't know how bad things were. And, And so it's easy to judge, you know, maybe in hindsight or, or whatever, uh, you know, the, the decisions that were made by our leaders uh, in the church. But, uh, but at the time, the decision was made you know, uh, not to schedule regular confessions. Um, if, if somebody was dying, we could go to them and, and give them the sacrament. Um, but it's just a, a thing that's really convicted my heart over these last couple of years is that, uh, you know, maybe some people were frightened away from the sacraments uh, or um, weren't willing to take certain risks to make sure that the dying got their sacraments. And it could be said that, you know, we didn't want them as much as God wants them. But even when we want them so much, when we, when we just, we have this, the greatest desire to go to mass, to go to the sacrament of confession, God always wants it more. Yeah. And so he, he wants us at mass. It's, it's not a matter of just following a rule of obligation but it's, it's a response to the God who desires us to be there with him. And so the same could be said about the sacrament of reconciliation is that, you know, no matter how much we want to be there or don't want to be there, God wants it infinitely more. He wants yeah. to forgive us. It's not something he does reluctantly. And I think that's, that's something that to work with on somebody who's struggling with scrupulosity is maybe they think that God's doing this reluctantly. Like God knows I'm going to sin again. And he's just giving me a minor reprieve, even though he doesn't want to. No, this whole sacred heart is about a desire to reconcile us with himself. And if he didn't want that, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to the cross. Yeah. And he wouldn't have given us the sacrament of confession. And so so I just try to invite people, constant invitation Mm -hmm. into this reality that God wants this more than we do, no matter how much we want it. Yeah. 
And I know I've experienced that too with my own anxiety and a bit of scrupulosity is um, like just going to confession and thinking like, again, like God must be so tired of me. And like, if I was him, I would just be frustrated and I would be just done, you know? Um, And unfortunately, I think I have encountered some priests that kind of have that mentality of like, okay, (laughs) you know, and it's, and it, it makes it so much worse, but, but I think I think as Pope Francis said, it's, it's not God who tires of forgiving. It's we tire of asking for forgiveness. And that reminder that, like you said, it's like, God is always there like waiting and wanting to love us. And, and I think that there's a call for us to do our, our bit of our own personal work and, you know, looking at our God images and our, you know, looking at our earthly parents and, you know, addressing the anxiety around going to a loving father with our weaknesses and what obstacles might be there because he's just, he's there and he's waiting and he wants to love us. And, and he calls us, I think that's the amazing part. Like, even if we sin, like he's not calling us to panic, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like, Oh, you're going to hell until you get back to confession. It's, you know, he's still pouring out grace and, 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 and forgiving us and calling us to the sacraments, but, and he's giving us that peace and he's not wanting us to like, you know, do a nosedive because we sinned, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I hope uh, this isn't too controversial, but, uh, um, you know, so many of the saints use the language of like, I deserve hell. Mm. And, you know, um, and like almost as if our default position is going to hell. And so, you know, I, I don't want to like throw that idea out completely because a lot of the saints <laughs> have, have prayed over that. And, um, but it, it is something I wrestle with is I, I, I think maybe we could also use the language of like, you know, God's greatest desire is for us to be in heaven with him. And I would almost say that our default position is heaven and we can choose otherwise. Uh, again, yeah. you know, I, I'm not absolutizing this, yeah. but I think it would be helpful for a lot of people to consider that and, and mm-hmm. at least wrestle with that thought. And that doesn't mean like, you know, all you have to do to get to heaven is die. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that's going too far. That's, yeah. you know, I, so it's not the default position. But I think it does a lot. It can do some spiritual harm for certain people to just assume like, you know, I'm, I'm made for hell, right? That's, yeah. that's more of a kind of a, 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 you know, maybe an overgeneralized Calvinist view of yeah. predestination as, as somehow God has created people for hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's I, I've seen that crush people in their spiritual lives. Um, and then to see an image of, you know, to, to think of the cross as, uh, as Jesus taking our punishment in our place. And there's some kind of truth in that, right? You know, you, you see that the, the most unjust act in history is the, the, the political execution murder of the innocent son of God, right? That our sin did that. But there's a theology, uh, you know, and maybe again, another, you know, maybe overgeneralized definition of the, uh, the, uh, the, the penal substitutional atonement theory yeah. uh, of, you know, our, our sins uh, demanded a punishment, demanded God's wrath. And instead of crushing us, it's almost like God, the father was winding up, getting ready to crush us. And Jesus stopped in the way like this on yeah. the cross and said, stop daddy. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, Take it I, out I can't, on me instead. Yeah. 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 And, and I can't say that. I can't say any more uh, than I, than I already am that that's not the gospel. You know, that's, that's, a, that, you know, 
you know, John three sixteen, where, you know, God so hated the world that he, that he murdered his only son. I'm like, no, that's not how it went. <laughs> you know, God yeah. so loved the, the only, the, the world that he gave his only son, mm-hmm. gave him over. And so, um, you know, and then, and then Jesus is, yeah. Jesus is giving himself to the father willing. It's right. not like he's yeah. being sent, you know, forcefully by the father. He's having to like suffer as this like prisoner, you know, but it's, this, right. it's also a gift of self for the father for us yeah. yeah 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 and and that's what you know and one of my favorite things is um you know uh well what benedict pope benedict the 16th when he was so cardinal ratzinger spoke mm. at this eucharistic congress about the eucharist as a sacrament of transformation and i go back to this all the time and i think it's helpful for all of the sacraments to understand them as sacraments of transformation and he says it, it begins with the um uh taking that most unjust act in human history the innocent the murder of the innocent son of god and transforming it into a giving act and that that's where it began hatred turned into love it takes violence and turns it into sacrifice and so therefore takes death and turns it into life and because jesus had the power to take death and turn it into life the night before he died he could take bread and wine and turn it into body and blood and because wow. he could take body and blood uh, take it you know bread and wine and turn it into his body and his blood he can take us as individuals and transform us from uh, from sinners into saved people, and then he can, if he can do that, he can transform us from simply individuals into a community, what he he'd call a living, breathing organism of love. And then that final transformation is to you know we as a church, as walking, living, breathing tabernacles, suddenly transform the world into God's own dwelling place. Mm. And it all begins with Jesus taking that act of violence and turning it into an act of love and taking, taking something. Yeah. Yeah. Taking violence and turning it into self gift. And so we encounter that in all of the sacraments that it's not God's desire to crush the world because of our sin, but it's his desire to give himself away so that we might be healed from our sins. And that's what happens on the cross. And so you can't understand the cross without trying to understand the Eucharist. I don't have time for a theology about the cross that doesn't <laughs> that that isn't an act of yeah. worship that we continue to do every day on the altar, so, um, and every you know and as that that way the act the sacrament of confession also becomes an act of worship, and that we're giving ourselves that yeah. we don't just give God the best parts of our lives, we give Him our sins too, and so that becomes in a certain way uh, a self offering to the Father is if we humble ourselves to give him also our sins in the sacrament of confession. And it all ties into that transformation of violence into self gift. So that's wow. a, a lot of transformation theology there, but it's, uh, it's one yeah. of my favorite things. Yeah. And you know, I'm amazed how much theology comes up in therapy too, um, because, you know, we're, especially with scrupulosity, I mean, you're talking about like Pelagianism, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I can just be good enough and I will be saved. Yeah. You know, I'll just yeah. do it on my own and then God will love mm-hmm. me. Like how much that comes up. And then even how you're talking about how this view that like my default is hell, like I'm made for hell and how there can be even a lot of Protestant, you know, or heretical views that, that kind of slip into like our daily yeah. thinking that we're like, oh yeah, I'm Catholic, but we could have this view of God. That's like very much not what the church teaches you know, and not the God that, that has revealed himself to us. And so I think it's amazing how like it is. So it's really important to understand what, what our church is is teaching us, what God has revealed. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, if you're scrupulous to not just kind of like, if something sounds like too good to be true, because sometimes people hear, you know, 
we hear God is love over and over again. And people can think, yeah. oh, that's just cliche or that's too warm and fuzzy. It's like, but no, we need to, if you're, if you're struggling with scrupulosity, you need to stop and like really pray about those parts where it's yeah. like, that's some good news. And maybe what am I, <laughs> what am I like jumping over there? You know? And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, it, also I think of St. Francis de Sales a lot and his own conversion experience as a young man uh, was uh, an encounter with a, a debate between a Catholic and a, and a, and a Calvinist and the idea of double predestination. And he was sure that he was made to go to hell because he heard this, uh, this debate. But then, you know, what brought him healing was reading through first John and coming to God is love. And the mm -hmm. realization, like if God is really love, like scripture yeah. says, yeah. then there's no way he could possibly create people to be eternally separated from him. And then where does he end up as Bishop, but right in the heart of, of, Calvinism. <laughs> and so God says, you know, you've had this experience of, 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 mm -hmm. of feeling the, the depths of despair and separation. And you've, you've experienced the healing of realizing that I am love. God is love. Uh, so I'm going to put you into that same place where everyone else, you know, may feel that same despair. And that's where you're going to pastor people. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, God's so creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we have to, you know, we have to look at the, <laughs> the good news of scripture and not going to kind of jump over those parts and yeah. even things that sound cliche if we've grown up Catholic, right? Yeah. You know, I've heard mm -hmm. this so many times, but yeah. how do I apply that? What does that really mean? But yeah. I, so I have, I have two questions and I know we're, we're, I have to wrap up here in a bit. Yeah. Um, so the first question is, and it's something I do hear a lot is do, do we have to reconfess general things that we remember from the past, right? So if somebody has a conversion and, you know, I was, you know, had, a, had an ongoing pornography addiction for this amount of years and then, um, or I, you know, acting out sexually or, you know, and then six months later, they remember, oh man, I forgot this really specific thing. It just came back into my awareness. Mm -hmm. Do they need to take that to confession or it was kind of that general confession good enough, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think as far as the bare minimum and receiving the absolution that the, the general confession of that is good enough. Okay. But, but there's a lot of healing that can come from bringing the specifics to confession. Uh, you know, the kind of a specific moment of healing of saying, this is just something that's still weighing on my heart. And I, I and I trust that, that God's forgiven it of me, but I, I also trust that maybe he wants me to, to go this deeply into that experience. Uh, so I can experience a specific moment of healing for that uh, but just to trust that it's it's been forgiven uh, because you've already humbled yourself to admit that this was a, a part of your life before mm -hmm. so it's not it's not like oh it, your absolution wasn't complete because you didn't right. actually follow the instructions perfectly um, right right yeah it's, num number and kinds yeah yeah. <laughs> well, yeah but but so the absolution is is real you're forgiven you're given god's mercy but if you bring it back and it's something that's weighing on your heart it's, it's also largely about just that relationship of like taking that to God in a very tangible way in the sacrament, right? It's like, yeah, I, I still want to go deeper in this healing and share this mm -hmm. with you. And it's not like a lack of faith, like, oh, maybe, uh, you know, it's like, no, I want yeah. more, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, the invitation that this is, you know, if you're repeating this, I'm, I'm not going to assume you don't trust that God has forgiven you. I, I'm going to want to assume that you just, you know, God's inviting you into a deeper healing for that experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, deep, you know, strange as it might say, deeper than the absolution you received before, 
in the sense that it, you know you're you're allowed to receive a more of an emotional and psychological and deeper spiritual yeah. healing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Like even in a like a dating relationship, you know, if it would be like, oh yeah, this thing happened in my past. Be like, okay, yeah, thanks for sharing that. But then like the more you get to know somebody, you're like, well, this is how that thing affected me, and these are the details of that thing. It's yeah. like still want to know that you know it's not just like oh that's done i don't need to hear it it's like that's growing deeper in that way too yeah and it could be somewhat like uh, someone has a desire to give a general confession Mm -hmm. uh which which is it's a beautiful encounter with the lord but a lot of the stuff that comes up in a general confession is something that's already been confessed years before maybe and so a general Mm -hmm. confession if you don't know is when somebody uh, kind of goes through all of their sins that they can remember from their life and it's, it's not necessarily to have those sins forgiven again. It's not to have those sins forgiven again, but it helps me as a confessor. If we enter into that time intentionally to kind of see the pattern of that person's life, but also to hear the story of the way that God has been working in their lives, the ways he has yeah. protected them, the ways that he's forgiven them and to help them kind of weave that story themselves to, to better understand what God has been doing. And so general confession is a beautiful thing. And it's not necessarily to be forgiven or to ask forgiveness for these things again, as if it didn't stick the first time, but it's in order to tell the full story of one's life and what God has been doing. Uh, thank you. That's, that's a really good clarification. So thank you for that. Cause I think that can be a temptation with scrupulosity. It's like general confession. Don't want to miss anything, yeah. you know, like I'll do it again, just in case, you know, it yeah. Didn't, so yeah, it, it's, I, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but we're almost like, when people have scrupulosity going to confession it's like i'm just it's it has to be just right or it doesn't work sometimes you know it's like this perfect confession and i think you know god isn't expecting perfection you know especially in the confessional um you know but he's asking us to be sincere and and to, to enter into this real relationship and um but if we forget if we mess up like He's not being like, oh, you didn't follow the rules exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you didn't yeah. use the right words of the incantation. I'm like, yeah, we're yeah. not magic here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, sorry, yeah, I don't mean to like mock that if, if somebody yeah. is experiencing that. But uh, yeah, um, but and that, yeah, we, and that's how it can yeah, feel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. So, and then last question is: Are there any spiritual practices that you would recommend for someone? who is feeling anxious going into confession or who really does struggle to see God as a loving father. Um, you know, someone they can trust like any, any prayers, exercises, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I'd say the examine at the end of the day is probably one of the most important exercises any of us can do. And, uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with the examine, it's a chance to review how our day has been. Uh, it comes from a word for examination, uh, an examination of our consciousness uh, throughout the day, uh, not in opposition to, but you know, distinct, distinguished from an examination of conscience that we do before we go into the sacrament. But it becomes a regular experience at the end of the day to see where God has been and what he's been doing during the day and as an act of thanksgiving. And so it's not as a, a you know, n- merely naming our sins for the day and holding on to them as we go to sleep, but it's an opportunity. You know, there, there are a few different steps to it. It's you know, kind of you know, just giving God thanks for something beautiful that's happened during the day. Um, or even what's lacking, you know, we thank God for everything. We Catholics, we're, you know, the, the more we thank God for, the less the devil can use against us. That's what I say. So you get to the end of the day, you thank God for your day, and then you you invite the Holy Spirit to be with you as you review your day. 
And then there's just a simple way to do it that I like to do is to consider uh, when God is looking for Adam in the garden and he says, where, where are you? And then you can just kind of consider where have I been today? Who are the people I've interacted with? How have I loved them or, or lacked in love during the day? And then when we've gone through the day and, you know, don't take too much time on this, you know, especially if, if scrupulosity, you might think I have to think of every minute of the day, but just kind of invite the Holy Spirit to bring up what you need, what needs to be brought up during the day. This could take five minutes max. Uh, and then once you've, you know, let God ask you where you've been today, you say, okay, God, where are you? And just invite him to show, you know, where he has been, the invitations he's been making during the day. And when this becomes a regular spiritual practice, it's such a beautiful thing. Because you get to the end of the day and you're looking forward to going over the day again with God, of walking with God in the garden as he wanted to with Adam and Eve. And then that will just kind of open our hearts to see uh, not only our sins, but also the way that God has been working throughout the day, even when we've been sinning, and the way that he has been inviting us to the sacrament. And so I hope that helps kind of ease some of the anxiety of thinking this is just a, a list of the rules I've broken, or more so this is a, a, a recounting of where God has been with me, even though I haven't been faithful and how he's been faithful this whole time. Wow. That's beautiful. And I like the the garden, you know, where are you? Yeah. And then asking him yeah. back. Um, and I think that's a great opportunity to look, you know, especially if, if someone is struggling with seeing God as a loving father, um, you know, who, who's just calling the back, who wants to give a mercy, that grace, um, asking where God is at the end of the day, like, where did I see you? And being open to hearing his voice is an opportunity to see his love in action. Um, and, um, and yeah, and, and I think with that too, you know, God's voice is going to be inspiring. It's, you know, it's going to be something that's positive, uplifting. It's not going to be like shameful, right? Yeah. It's not going to be like you screwed up today. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be in accordance with scripture, with what the church teaches. It's, yeah. you know, so I think that's an opportunity to really, experience that loving father and doing yeah. that so that's great so yeah wow well thank you so much for coming on today um and um i if anyone has comments or questions please leave them below um hit that like subscribe button that's the oblig obligatory comment for me at the end here but uh father tim is there any place they can find you are you on social media is there anything yeah I, i'm on instagram and i'm on twitter um and if anything goes on Facebook, it's just going on my, from my Instagram. So, uh, so that's where I'm at. Um, I'm also, uh, we're trying to uh, start it up again, but uh, a, a friend of mine, Chris Plants, and I have been working on a project called Evangelize LA. So we've got mm -hmm. some YouTube stuff going as well. Um, so go check that out. And uh, we're going to be writing some articles and just kind of trying to, you know, you know, every few months we, we stop and then get started again. But you can find some of my writings and, and musings uh, over at Evangelize LA. Evangelize LA. Awesome. That's great. Okay. Well, thank you all for watching and thanks again, Father Tim, for being on. Um, and we'll see you next time. God bless. <laughs>